Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I am Jens Nelson. And I'm Lucas Stuck. (laughs) (laughs) This is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life as we strive for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. So Lucas, it's Thursday, technically, while we're recording right now, but this is going to be dropping tomorrow, Friday, tomorrow, and I feel like Friday. I feel like I can't not say this because that's pretty exciting. I just got my first COVID shot. Uh, I'm I'm getting the Moderna vaccine, so it's part one of two. So in 28 days, I have to go back for part two. But um, SMH, I, dude, dude, it's I didn't it's crazy. Know you were in apostate, Mark. I mean, of the beast, basically, devil yeah. worshiper. Right, and I, I just I, I thought it was worth bringing up because like the episode that we dropped on Tuesday, like I just that I wanted to kind of say a couple things real quick, uh, and it, partially apology but partially explanation too. But um, if you didn't know, our Tuesday episode had some technical difficulties, so Lucas and I have been trying a, a new trying a new recording software. Um, also, uh, apparently, I was having recording issues. Uh, basically, my entire track, I was like. It was almost like myself was. It was almost. It was almost like I was echoing myself. It was like choppy. So if I was saying a sentence, it would be like I'm talking here, and it's really annoying. And it's like, what is going on? And like, it didn't. It didn't capture my entire recording, but it got Lucas's entire recording. So the episode that we did record on the weekend to drop Tuesday, Unlimited Atonement, was completely unusable. And I learned this at like 10 p.m. Monday night. The episode's supposed to drop in like two hours and I, I don't have any audio. And so I quickly scrambled and I called Lucas and we talked about, or I, I think I texted Lucas and we talked about it like, well, let's just drop an old episode. What's a good one from the past that maybe not as many people listen to? And so it's funny because I we, we dropped an episode on um, unity amongst diversity, unity, uh, being right. one in Christ, which is something we talk a lot about, but that was the first time that we ever really talked about it. Uh, yeah. It was episode 11. It came out like last April, and I don't know if you listened to the episode, Lucas, but I, I listened just to kind of like see what it was like, um, and mm-hmm. we t- we're talking about, it, you, you shared the story about going to the Cheesecake Factory and waiting for like an hour and a half oh, or whatever man. for your I cheesecake order, that. and so like, it was just crazy to- mad about that. <laughs> I know, right? But it was it was crazy to go back and like listen to the early days of COVID and- you know, talking about oh, work and how, like, you know, I'm, I'm working 50 hours a week and they don't make us wear masks and people are buying their scratch-off lottery tickets. So it's, like, pretty incredible <laughs> that here we are now. Uh, when I think about how far you and I have come, I mean, you live in Alabama now. You don't live in Massachusetts. And I have a new job that I love. And we've been doing this podcast now two episodes a week for the past over a year. Um, also pretty exciting this month, March 2021, is now our most downloaded month. So when you compare month to month, the number of downloads in that span, this month has beats every other month we've ever had before over this last year. And two episodes are going to drop. This Dang. one and Tuesday's episode on The Descent. Yep. Um, sneak peek behind the curtain for you. Um, <laughs> so it's just, it's crazy. Like, I'm so glad to have finally gotten to be able to receive my my first dose of the vaccine it's especially as somebody with a compromised a compromised immune system it just feels um, like somewhat of a a relief Um, so now that we have a lot of that introduction I know lately we haven't been doing um, like what's going on in life but I felt like 
given the circumstances of this week, it was warranted. Uh, now that we have that out of the way, we want to say thank you uh, for tuning into this Big episode. Uh, thank you for tuning into any episode, for, for checking out uh, you know conversations on Hebrews, on Bible translations. Um, but now, we're it's, again, it's Friday, if you're listening on the day that it released, uh, and it, we're in our Christians of History. And we're focusing on very early Christians of history. And so uh, Lucas has a, a biblical character that he would like to talk about. Uh, if you recall, last week I talked about Apollos. Um, and so this week we thought we would stay biblical and, uh, and do Mary Magdalene. So without any further ado, Lucas, take it away. Yeah, so I figured I'd take a, a little bit of a cue from the way you kind of structured the Apollos episode. Since... We're talking about somebody else who is really the Bible is is our source. Um, it makes the most sense to me to kind of just read through some of the texts that talk about Mary Magdalene. And part of that is because there's just not much outside of Scripture. I'll talk a little bit at the end about um, sort of stuff extra biblically that, that does come up. But since it's mostly just... Bible passages that kind of give us our, well, you know, whatever it is that we have about St. Mary Magdalene, I thought it would be worth kind of just taking a look at the stories. And it's kind of interesting, I think, too, as we'll see, to kind of think about not just going back and looking at what these passages say about Mary Magdalene to, to teach us, you know, about who she was or what she was like or what her life was like, but also I kind of was noticing as I was preparing just it stuck out to me the the passages that mention her. Um, there's they're all from the Gospels, so there's a lot of overlap where there are parallel passages in in you know the different Gospels that are that are recounting the same story. So I'm not going to repeat everything you know four times or whatever, but it is I think worth noting um, as we'll get into it and as as hopefully you know will become clear. It's kind of cool which stories she features in. Um, and without further ado, I think I'll just drop drop in. So I'm basically going to go uh, just in order of, like, canonically, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, and just, I'll, I'll read the first few, first couple passages. And then once we get to repeats, I'll, I'll just kind of make note of which uh, verses in, in each gospel are other parallel sources of, of those stories. So we'll start with Matthew 27, starting in verse 55. Many women who had followed Jesus from Galilee and looked after him were there, watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. When it was evening, a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph came, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. He approached Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Then Pilate ordered that it be released. So Joseph took the body, wrapped it in clean, fine linen, and placed it in his new tomb, which he had cut into the rock. He left after... He, he left after rolling a great stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were seated there facing the tomb. So this is obviously the end of the resurrection and the burial of Jesus. Um, and we see that Mary Magdalene was one of the many women who had followed Jesus from Galilee and looked after him which is kind of an interesting statement in itself, I think, just because it, it seems kind of vague. And I, I don't really remember like prior to this point in Matthew or the other gospels, like 
if we're really told a whole lot about like like what what it means by looked after him like financially supported or we're just you know taking care of him like helping him out helping him buy food or or whatever as they're traveling um but Mary Magdalene was somebody who was a follower, you know, a, a, in, in the literal sense, a disciple of Jesus who who followed him from Galilee, um, and she followed him all the way up to the cross, and, well, really, beyond that, uh, unlike some of the disciples, she, she along with, with the other Mary, followed him right up to his burial in the tomb, um, and this is sort of I believe the, the in Matthew, the first, the first time she kind of comes on the scene is um, and all the way towards the end of the book at the resurrection, um, and or I'm sorry, at the crucifixion, and and she is there witnessing, and um, you know I have to imagine probably being pretty distraught seeing this person who you're you're following, your teacher, your friend, being executed, um, but also this commitment kind of comes through where she doesn't leave even after the crucifixion. She she kind of continues to hang around until she's able to see where he's buried. And that, that continues as we go into Matthew 28, starting in verse 1. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. There was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken by fear of him that they became like dead men. The angel told the women, don't be afraid because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here for he is risen just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and indeed is going ahead of you into Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, they ran to tell his disciples the news. Just then Jesus met them and said, greetings. They came up, took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus told them, do not be afraid, go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. So, this is kind of, I, I can't remember if this is actually, like, literally the next verse. Um, I think it is, though. Um, so, we've kind of skipped over Holy Saturday, and we're back here on, on Easter Day, and Mary Magdalene is back at the tomb with the other Mary. And we'll, we'll kind of, we'll kind of you know, see this again um, in the other gospel accounts, but... Uh, they're the ones who are there, and they're the ones who, in, in Matthew, they 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 literally see the angel rolling the stone back. You know, this this, like, literally speaking, awesome, you know, encounter with an angel who kind of commissions them to go spread the news, literally, to spread the gospel of Jesus's resurrection, um, and this is kind of uh, you know, I've in my notes I've titled this little biography saint mary magdalene the first witness to the resurrection we see you know if we're reading the new testament the way that we've received it starting with matthew and we get to matthew 28 this is the first time we've read about the resurrection and mary magdalene's right there she's the one along with the other mary who is at the tomb on easter morning or, or goes to the tomb at easter morning and sees the angel roll the tomb back and and brings that news or, or goes to bring that news to the other disciples um, and we see when, when Jesus meets them, he shows up and they worship him. So we really do see this sort of like proto-evangelist kind of role um, that Mary Magdalene is, is fulfilling and is remembered for in the gospel accounts. So moving over to Mark, uh, in Mark 15, we, we see that, that same story where 
Um, at the crucifixion, there are women watching from a distance, it says. Among them were Mary Magdalene um, and the other women that it mentions before. And it recounts the the story again of how they kind of go with Joseph of Arimathea and they see where he's laid. So, so they're following him again from the cross to the tomb. Um, and I'll read this this in Mark 16, the the account of the resurrection is a little different. Um, but again, it's it's Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, and then in this case also another woman named Salome. Um, they, they come to they're going to the tomb to anoint him. So that's kind of why they're there. And they they get to the tomb at sunrise, Mark 16:2 says. They were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone? And then they they notice that the stone had already been rolled away. And they go in and then they they speak with the angel. Um, who informs them kind of what's going on. Um, so it's a little bit, you know, a different perspective as the gospel writers are, are uh, you know, frequently do. They're kind of highlighting different things. But but uh, what we see is more or less the, the same story from the perspective of Mary Magdalene of, sh- you know, being at the crucifixion, showing up at the at the burial, and then going to to serve, continue to serve and take care of Jesus um, after the Sabbath, on you know what becomes Easter Sunday, and being a witness to the resurrection, literally. And I'm saying literally a lot. I don't really mean to, but I'll try and watch that. <laughs> um, and so this part, Matthew. Uh, I mean Mark 16. If If we have any biblical scholars in the audience um, who are tuning in, you might be aware that uh, Mark 16, 8 through the end of the chapter is, it's a little, it's debated whether or not that is authentically part of the Gospel of Mark, whether or not that's really part of the document uh, originally, and whether or not it should be, you know, considered part of the Gospel and be in our Bibles. Um, That's, whether or not it is or not, isn't necessarily super pertinent to this discussion, um, but I will read, starting in Mark 16, 9, a couple verses that um, speak a little bit more about Mary Magdalene. Early on the first day of the week, after he, Jesus, had risen, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and reported to those who had been with him as they were mourning and weeping. Yet when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe it. So th- I mean, so as far as the not the disciples not believing, we, we see that we'll, we'll see that in Luke, and and it, it that's kind of, I think, common knowledge. They're a little, you know, I men not believing I women. Think, you mean is that what I mean? No, well, I, <laughs> what I mean is is they don't believe that Jesus, you know, rose from the dead after they watched him die, yeah. which is fair. You know, sure. that's fine. Um, but it is interesting that Mark or <laughs> You know, this verse will say makes specific note that Mary Magdalene was the person who Jesus appeared first to, and then she's the one who went and reported it, and and they didn't believe in whatever. Um, but so it is. It is kind of cool to see that it, she's not really being portrayed. I think in the Gospels as sort of just like an incidental character, or just she she just happened to be there. So. She saw it, so she was. She went to tell the disciples. Um, but at least in the way that Mark sixteen nine um, portrays it, it it almost it, there, there's a sense of commissioning where 
she is the first witness. He appeared first to her, and then she is to go and and not keep that to herself, obviously. Um, and what's also cool is we're told that Jesus had driven seven demons out of Mary Magdalene. Whether or not, you know, I, I, I'm not aware of a scene earlier in the life of Jesus in any of the gospel stories where we see Mary Magdalene explicitly being healed. Um, maybe, maybe there really were seven demons. Maybe this refers to some kind of sickness or combination of sicknesses. I, I don't think those things are mutually exclusive, but, um, regardless the connection that this draws between Mary Magdalene following Jesus, um, seems to be like so many people that we see that we do see in the gospel stories. Uh, it begins with, with Jesus healing her and delivering her from, um, some sort of demonic force and that, being sort of the catalyst for her following him. And as we have seen, and, and we'll see again, um, she she never wavered in following him. You know, the only reason she wasn't there on Saturday was because it was the Sabbath. <laughs> um, but she was there at the cross. She was there uh, at the tomb at the end of the day. And she came at sunrise on Sunday to, to take care of him. So um, I think we really do see this kind of uh, almost like an archetype of the Christian life of this deliverance and this healing um, shifting, you know, kind of shifting her, whatever, whatever condition she was in before she has, she has changed and she's now following Jesus and she's, she's sticking by his side all the way from crucifixion to burial to resurrection. So kind of hopping over to Luke, we're going to start in chapter eight. So a lot earlier in Luke, when compared to Matthew and Mark, Mary Magdalene pops up. Um, so starting in verse one of Luke eight, Afterward, he, Jesus, was traveling from one town and village to another, preaching and telling the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. Mary called Magdalene. Seven demons had come out of her. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, Susanna, and many others who were supporting him from their possessions. So I guess I kind of spoke ahead of myself. So this doesn't show us Mary called Magdalene being healed, but this is reiterating what what. The, the long ending of Mark told us that um, that she, along with this this other group of people, had been healed and seven demons had come out of her. Uh, like Luke says, he healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. Mary had seven demons come out of her. So again, you know, I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. We don't get a lot of details over what this means for Mary specifically. We don't get a lot of details over, you know, the, the circumstances of when or where or how. Jesus and her cross paths. Um, but we do see this reiteration when you kind of stack all these verses next to each other of how she, from earlier on in his ministry, is with him, uh, along with the 12, along with, you know, a much larger group of people, uh, not just a, a believer in him, but a follower of him traveling from one town and village to another. So skipping ahead to uh, the resurrection in or the uh, the yeah the resurrection uh, in Luke twenty four, uh, starting in verse nine, returning from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them were telling the apostles these things. So again, we we see this repeated uh, sense of her being this witness who takes the the event of the resurrection that she that she witnesses and you know brings the disciples up to speed which allows them to to you know 
go to Galilee to see him on the mountain, you know, see the ascension, big deal, obviously. Um, and in John, so in John 20, uh, starting in verse 1, we, we see Mary Magdalene again at the tomb on the day of the resurrection, but we see a little bit more of a personal kind of moment that she has following the resurrection. So we see her in verse 11 of John 20, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she was crying, she stooped to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting where Jesus's body had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you crying? Because they've taken away my Lord, she told them, and I don't know where they've put him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? Who is it that you're seeking? Supposing he was the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. Turning around, she said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus told her, since I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and she told them what he had said to her. So that's hitting all of the passages where we see Mary Magdalene mentioned. And we get really just a couple things. She knew Jesus because he had healed her from some sort of demonic activity. We're not really told what that is. But following that, she followed him. She joined in with a whole group of people that some of which we, we see their names at some points, others we, we don't, but we know that there were plenty of people who, who believed in Jesus and followed him. Mary Magdalene was one of those people and she stuck by his side all the way through through the, she was at the crucifixion. She maybe, I'm not quite sure. Maybe she took part in the burial or at least, you know, was aware of, of it and was kind of hanging, hanging by to know where he was. And she shows up before anyone else on Sunday following the Sabbath. And as a result, she is the first witness to the resurrection. And then she goes and shares that news and brings the disciples into that event as well, uh, which is pretty cool. And so that's kind of all we know about her in terms of uh, her life and her story and uh, what she said or did. And there, over the centuries, there's been debate and disagreement over identifying Mary Magdalene with two other women that we see mentioned in the Gospels. Um, Mary of Bethany, who was the woman who anointed Jesus' feet with oil in John 12, and then also the unnamed woman in Luke 7, who is forgiven by Jesus after similarly anointing his feet in an act of uh, sorrow and, and repentance. Um, so traditionally, which, it, you know, at least as far back as Origen, who's second century, so super early, um, these three women, Mary Magdalene, Mary of Bethany, and the unnamed woman in Luke 7, were all identified as three separate people. Um, St. Gregory the Great, uh, Pope in the, in the 5th or 6th century, can't remember, actually identified them all as one person, Mary, just they, that they're all Mary Magdalene, um, which kind of contribute that him doing that contributed to a lot of the devotion to her that grew up in the West and the image and perception of her, where you have these three different figures are kind of melded into one, which just leads to a lot, you know, having all of those stories concentrated in one person, you, you get a lot, there's a lot more material to, to work with, uh, I, you know. 
Um, but there's not really anything outside of scripture, outside of the stories that we've just looked at about her, um, out besides some, you know, kind of u- unique, we could say, <laughs> traditions that grew up. Um, either associated with, you know, the cult of her, um, you know, her her saintly devotion that, that people had, um, or, and probably more well-known, some heterodox and, and more Gnostic kind of legends that have contributed to this, like, mysterious kind of, you know, almost like a, like a mystique around her. Um, you know, think like the Da Vinci Code, that kind of thing with like some of the pseudepigraphal gospels like gospel of thomas or um, gnostic texts or beliefs you know there are there are stories who say she was jesus's wife um things like that where there's 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 just no real historical basis outside of the text of scripture and none of that's in the text of scripture so there there it's just kind of you know certainly beyond my pay grade to evaluate the validity of <laughs> the texts but certainly seems to be kind of inconsistent, we could say, with the information that we do have and that we do know about her and also about Jesus and the other disciples. So it's um, it's interesting to take a look and, and to, to try and take a look at a figure as little talked about as Mary Magdalene or Apollos last week and to, you know, try and evaluate or, or not evaluate, but kind of like piece together a more systematic explanation of their life. It's it's tough because we're not given a systematic explanation of their life. Um, but it is really cool to kind of take a look. And, it, and, and with someone like Mary Magdalene, it doesn't take very long to do this, but to just thumb through all the passages that she's in and you just kind of get this very clear, focused kind of presentation that all four gospel writers are doing of her as this healed you know, redeemed person who follows Jesus and who doesn't give up, doesn't cave in, and who's there and gets to see him uh, first when he when he does raise from the dead, and then she gets to share you know share that joy with with the others who she's been spending who knows how long with uh, along with Jesus. So um, a really cool and interesting character, despite being so you know maybe we could say elusive or at least just you know not having a lot of material associated with her. So hopefully kind of like reading through the text didn't get too dull. Um, Honestly, I think reading through scripture text is better than reading through my own words that I've typed out. So hopefully that was, uh, you know, a somewhat understandable way of kind of approaching looking at her life and it wasn't too repetitive, but that's more or less, you know, just that's what we have for Mary Magdalene. Right. No, thank you. And I'm just, I'm, picturing one day in glory even getting to meet mary magdalene to know who she is and who she was and perhaps even to understand some of those things about her life that you know are a little bit more shrouded in mystery um same with apollos same with any biblical character really um it's just kind of a a neat thought that that these aren't just you know we're not reading harry potter we're not reading you know east of eden or something we're reading about real life people who who lived on this planet who lived and moved and had being and we will get to see them one day in glory as we're united with them 
um, and with Christ. So that's that's pretty cool. So so thank you, Lucas, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Doxology Podcast. If you would like to connect with us, and we know that you want to very badly, uh, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Doxology Podcast, or you can email us at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. Please send us your feedback, any questions that you might have. Send us your episode ideas, especially Christians of History. Uh, Make sure to sign up for the newsletter, uh, even though I I just remembered I haven't been sending it out the last couple of weeks, but still sign up for it. (laughs) Uh, At the end of the day, we hope you are doing well, staying healthy, um, and we will see you next time.